Howdy ho, neighborinos. This is uh, LCC's podcast, Pursuit of Purpose. I am Nate Luke. I am here with Kevin Stuckey. Howdy. And Cody Jewelry. Hello, 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 And we have some uh, some good stuff to talk about this week. Several topics to get uh, to get to here. Um, we are going to uh, kind of revisit Kevin's sermon on Sunday. Uh, Kevin, of course, talked about um, living in a fragmented culture. We're in Jeremiah right now. So how do we navigate as Christians living in that fragmented culture? Uh, and he talked about you know, our relationship with God being like a marriage and what that looks like in today's world. Um, so before we get to that, we're going to get to some news here. Uh, you guys like ice cream? Yes. Is that is that even a question? No. I mean, honestly. Cookies and cream. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. Have yeah. you had uh, Have you had wits? No. Yeah, oh, dude. Oh, the custards. No, I've never had. Wits? Mm-mm. Oh, oh man. man. Seriously. Good. Yeah. Mm. Like it's worth. Very. Like taking the trip to courthouse tonight. They have the it at um, Salty yes, Sisters. Yes, they do. But yeah, it, it's Court, better. Yeah. I mean, yep. it, it's good at Saucy Sisters. It's mm-hmm. good from the. It, don't get me wrong. It's good, but. Go get the Blue Lion. The Blue Lion. Yeah. Okay. If you go to Chillicothe, it's called the something else. Something Cavalier. 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 That's what it's called. Yeah. Dude, do you eat it? No. Do you get that one? Oh, it's good. (laughs) It's good. Anyway. Go on with the ice cream, Nate. So anyway, new world record involving ice cream, guys. Uh, 125 scoops on one cone by an Italian man this past week. Come on. 125. There, like the he he have, has looked into how to do this for years. He has looked into the physics behind how to uh, structurally fit the ice cream onto one cone. 125 scoops. Now, so we're talking normal scoops. scoops. No. We're talking normal size scoops. Yes, we are. In a freezer? Does he do it in a freezer, like a stand up freezer? That I don't know. That would actually be a very good detail. I don't think they said that in the article. I need to know that. How okay, big I'll was the cone? Up. Because that could be trick. Normal oh. size cone. Just a, huh. a normal size cone that you would get at, at some place like huh. Wits. Was it waffle cone, though? I think it was a waffle cone. <laughs> a so waffle it's skinny cone. at the bottom and bigger at the top. Correct. Yeah, so I, that, ain't, that ain't impressive. Next news. Okay. What? <laughs> Are you serious? I mean, I, I'm, I'm kidding. Still that, say was that was pretty <laughs> impressive. But. Still very impressive. Next very, piece of news. Very impressive. You guys, uh, you guys will like this. Joe Burrow. Can we go back to the first one first? Wow. You sound like Mike Pence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's go back to We can to go it, on, but I'm going to use I'm gonna my give two you, minutes. I'm going to give you 15 <laughs> seconds here. 15 <laughs> seconds to finish. Would you just shut up, man? <laughs> Let him go in with the news. <laughs> Um, what flavor? I don't know. Some sort of gelato. Is that what they, yeah, gelato, they call it in Italian? Gelato. Italy. Yeah. So gelato, gelato. Yeah. It's not very good. I'm not a big gelato Me fan. either. Me yeah. either. But is it jello? I don't frozen? know. Frozen? It's sure. Yep. Gelato. We'll it's it different. That. It's different. I'm it is a little different. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. So anyway, like, uh, like I was getting okay, to, are, are we done? Yes. Are yes. we done? Okay. Still enamored by. I'm talking. I'm okay. talking. <laughs> okay, so. <laughs> Sorry, I, I got to. that joke. I had to. I'm Flashbacks. glad you did. Flashbacks. Um, Joe Burrow picked up his first win last week. Who did? I know you're excited about oh that, Kevin. Oh, my gosh. Don't. You should not open this can of worms. I just did. This is You only- have two minutes uninter- uninterrupted. <laughs> <laughs> this is the only thing we talk about when we come in here before we start the podcast. That is, is true. The Bengals. Dude. 
seriously, he's a beast. Joe Burrow is absolute beast. Yes. Yeah. I I don't remember ever seeing a rookie in the NFL who was as good as he is their rookie year. Threw for 900 yards and only, what, won it two interceptions? Well, not just the stats. I mean, it's – Because there's never been a quarterback that's done that. Right. It's But just watching him, like, and the line that he's behind and how much the Bengals are struggling, yet he's doing that one interception? Two. Two? Did he, he had, throw he had one, one Sunday? He, he had one Sunday and then one, I think, his first week. So no, 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 no. He threw, he threw that shuttle pass. That was so Chargers. Right. And then he threw one this past Sunday. Did he really? Yeah. I didn't see that. Yeah. He, yeah, he was like 300 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Hmm. It was like the first half. Okay. Yeah. I, didn't remember I think that. it's cool because Zach Taylor like really trusts him. Like He let him throw the ball 50 times. Was the that first, against the Browns? Or it was like 63, like wasn't game. it? Second game. I can't remember. Yeah, like but he had yeah, like he did. like 50 or 60 pass attempts. Yeah, like That takes crazy. some trust, man. So. Yeah. Well, when you're playing from behind. Like, but you said I it best. Though, like, you're like, when you watch the games, even though we know we're not going to be a Super Bowl contender this year. Right. There's just a difference as a fan in the confidence you have yeah. in the quarterback. Not discrediting Andy because he's a great guy. No, you know, no, he's actually great. a really good Christian guy. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, Such a good dude. But, you know, there was just a difference. With Andy, you never – you just kind of – he had this hesitation. Like, if they were passing it, you kind of cringed. But yeah. then all of a sudden he'd make a good play, and you're right. like, ooh, yeah, you yeah. like him. With Joe, it's like you almost expect him at, what, 23 years old? To do everything that right. That he's going to be a Tom Brady. Like, he's right. just going to do everything right because yeah. – he puts the ball on a rope, which that means. I don't know if, if people who listen to this know what that means, but he really puts a tight spiral on the ball in these small closed-in windows. He, he's a good good quarterback. It does. I, I, like I told Cody when we were talking about the Bengals and just the feel of it, like when Jim Trestle was coaching OSU, um, I remember thinking every time, I don't know if we're going to win this game. It just never felt good. We'd go win the game. We'd grind it out by a couple points. And then when Urban Meyer came in, it was just like you just felt like we were going to win every game. And, and it's by that like same, 35 points yeah, every time. It it's yeah. that same thing. When Andy was there, as much as I loved him, and I did, uh, I, I loved Andy Dalton. Great guy. Uh, yes, great guy. But you just, you never knew. You never felt like, you felt like everything had to go perfect or it was not going to happen. With, with Joe Burrow, you feel like no matter what happens, like he could still win the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. While we're on this topic, I could I bring some news in real quick? Yeah. Just for tw- ten seconds. I told two you two minutes I, uninterrupted. Nate, Nate, I told you two, this was a two bad uninterrupted bad subject to bring up. So in week four of the fantasy football world, oh, in the on. degenerates league, Kevin Stuckey played the myself. degenerates or the degenerates the degenerates degenerates okay. degenerates. degenerates. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin played me last week. Ooh. Let's let's hear it, man. And Kevin was like top three of the, on the, in the league. Like he has some of the most points totaled sure. in the league. Yeah. You got Joe Mixon as your running back. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Guess what the score was? Oh Please gosh. tell us. One hundred and sixty-two point six eight to one hundred and twenty-one point one four. Now, wow. mind you, one hundred and ten is a good week in our league. Sure. Yeah. So I I beat like ninety percent of the teams. He just had like a ridiculously week. I smashed him. <sighs> Hey man, anytime you're getting you, 140 or above in fantasy, that's that's solid. But that's that this is, is how it goes for me every year. Like I'll make it to the end and I'm going to do all right, but I play teams on their best weeks every <laughs> stinking week. I play the team when they have their best week. Ugh, it's frustrating. All right, sir, your two minutes is over now. 
Uh, we sh- we could switch to like a sports sir. talk show, yeah. and I like we would be fine. Let's do it, sir, <laughs> sir, <laughs> minister, <laughs> minister Stucky. So, with that being said, uh, just one more piece of news: we did have a vice presidential uh, debate last night. Um, guys, what were your thoughts on it? Two Fake minutes uninterrupted. News. <laughs> Fake news. I, honestly, a I little mean, bit more refreshing uh, than than what we had last week. It was, yeah, it was still a lot of. I mean, yeah, you know, they're avoiding issues, like even even some, and I'll and I'll pick on both sides, but like you know, some of the questions that were asked, you, you really, I was thinking to myself, I don't know if I really care what this you know person's asking the question, but then they'd ask a question, be like. I would really like to hear an answer to that. And then you'd hear mm-hmm. Pence or Harris go back and answer the question from previous. That, that's that's a great question, but I'm going to go back to the last one. Yeah. <laughs> so there were a few things I was like, ah, I really wish they would have hit that. But no, I, uh, I mean, if you're asking my opinion, Pence did a phenomenal job. He I did. felt like Harris was on the ropes several times and just didn't seem as prepared as he was. And she was kind of condescending. Like, yeah, she yeah. came off that way. And then if you listen to the announcers afterwards, they were saying, did you, <laughs> they said Pence is definitely lost with the female black vote for sure, because he was yelling and demeaning to a female black woman. Oh, I know. That did was, you, oh. <laughs> I was like, what is he supposed to do yeah. if you're debating a female yeah. who happens to be black? Correct. I mean, I, yeah. you know, I guess don't debate her. Just stand there. Yeah. And say, I don't know. It did, doesn't make sense. Did you see the fly? always have to talk about something. They have to. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Did, did you guys though. see the fly on his head? <laughs> that was an internet sensation. My kids came in this morning. Yeah. They didn't say anything else about the debate. Mr. Luke, did you see the fly on his head? It was yeah. gigantic. It's the most fl- famous fly in the world. Right I now. saw somebody, again, I won't name names, but they posted that the reason there's a fly on his head was be- is to signify of the rot and decay <laughs> that his him and Trump have done to the... To the White House. Somebody made it political. No, oh, no, they, they, they were serious. And, I, and then I saw another one that was funny. They said the winners of the um, debate last night: sixty-nine percent was Pence, ten percent was Harris, and then whatever the other difference was, like twenty-one percent was the fly. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you, that fly when he landed, yeah. him and I are sitting there, and we just start like we're just. <laughs> we felt awkward, but yet we're laughing so hard. You just want to swat off his I know. Head. I'm, we're like, when's somebody going to run out there and just shoo <laughs> yeah. it? Just somebody yeah. shoo the fly no, away. No matter what you think about the guy, you had to feel bad about Oh, my gosh. It was like, I feel so bad I for know. him right now. Yeah. Uh, well, good yeah. stuff, fellas. Good stuff. So, uh, like I said, we're, we're going to get into our main topic, and I'll kind of let Kevin introduce that here in a few minutes. But, uh we would like to to recap his sermon from Sunday again from uh, Jeremiah and just again talking about a fragmented culture here. So, uh, Kevin, if you'd like to kind of recap for us a little bit of that, we can. Yeah. So, uh, first week we talked about our hearts and just our problem, the problem with our hearts, and and how God restores that. The second week we talked about identity and how we form our identity. But this week we talked about relationships. And there's this theme throughout Scripture. It starts back in Genesis where, where you have this wedding just kind of dumped right there in the beginning of, of, of the Bible. And it just kind of seems out of place. And then you go clear to the end of the Bible, clear to Revelation, and everywhere in between, this, this, this pointing to a wedding, this pointing to 
a marriage relationship. And, and ultimately what God is saying is, listen, um, you're my bride and I'm your husband. And everything that that entails, you know, uh, is how we identify this relationship and how committed we should be to one another. And so you think about the sacrifices that have to be made to be in a marriage, you know, the, the promise of being committed to someone is, hey, listen, I'm not going to bring anybody else into our bed. I'm not going to bring anybody else into our relationship. Like, I'm a one-woman man from this point on, or a one-husband man from a woman's perspective. And, and and it's the same thing in a relationship with God. It's a commitment. It's a love. It's a devotion. It's understanding that we wouldn't even have a chance to be in a relationship with Him if it weren't for Jesus and the sacrifice that He made for us. Uh, and so that's what Jeremiah was talking about. You talk about that in a fragmented culture. You know, we're talk we talk about, you know, the election. We talk about, you know, the 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 riots, and we talk about the unrest, and we talk about this pandemic and all these things, and and all the things that we don't agree on. You know, the only way to to walk through this well is to understand that the foundation of your life is the relationship that you have with God. Uh, that he will sustain you, that he will hold you up, that he will uh, be there for you, and and as a loving husband, step in and protect and provide for you. And when you understand that, then you can face anything in any situation. And so uh, that's the hope we have, and that's the hope that Jeremiah points to, and that's the hope that we need as we deal with this fragmented culture. Okay, um, that's kind of the recap. Um, for the series, moving into our topic for today. Uh, we kicked around a lot of ideas. Uh, what we ended up kind of settling on um, was this idea of gifting. And, and this is what I mean. We all have a place. Uh, we all have gifting that's to be used for the body. And body being you know, the church, big C church, little C church. And what I mean by that is the local body that you serve and then the bigger body, you know, the church as a whole. You know, and and scripture points to this. Uh, We'll look at a few verses, but one of them is uh, Ephesians chapter four, you know, talks about the body, talks about our gifting, talks about, you know, all these ways that that we can serve. But, you know, one of the things that Cody pointed out when we were talking about this subject was, how do we know what, where we should serve? How do we know what we should do? Uh, and and just the sense and the feeling of being overwhelmed in that. And I think, Cody, just to get us started, I want you to talk about that a little bit about that because I, I think for you, like, I know from conversations that we've had in the past, like, that's mm-hmm. a big one for you. Yeah. Like, it's where do I fit in? What should I do? Mm-hmm. Now you are serving in a in a in a pretty large capacity in this church, you know, through this podcast, right? But even finding that and what that looks like and kind of the growth to that point, I think we have to talk about that. And then they, I think, even like your story of coming to that because you were kind of in the same boat, you know, as far as what you were doing where you're serving. Now again, you have a a pretty big role when it comes to audio tech, you know, vid, audio video stuff here at the, here at the church and even the website and stuff. You know, but and and those are kind of niches. You know, but what would you say to somebody, and what what did that journey look like for you guys? Yeah, I I would say you know I've mentioned this before on this podcast, but about a year ago, a little over, uh, you know, my life changed for the good, 
And through that and within that life, I started associating myself with a lot of people who were Christians, more so than what what I did prior to. And I knew that I had gifts that God has given me, but I didn't really know, know how to identify them. And I was kind of intimidated by that. And, you know, I've, a lot of my friends who are Christians, Kevin being one of them, there's several others, they kind of just called me out on them, you know, and just said, hey, I think you're good at this. And, you know, we spent a lot of time together. And one of the things that they mentioned was, you know, that my, I'm a deep thinker and, and my opinion at times is respected and, um, you know, and I have like a, a gift of reason in situations and cir- circumstances, and I never really thought of it like that. <clears throat> Sorry. And um, so I found this this quote, and it really hit me pretty good. And it's kind of funny. It's from Steve Harvey. It came from his show. I don't, do you guys watch his show, by the way? Here and there. He's, yeah. he's a pretty Here funny. I mean, he's a comedian, he but, yeah. but he's a funny guy. But yeah. it was one of the more serious um, episodes. And he was kind of just speaking to the crowd. He gets like that at times. He's really funny. Then he gets real serious. But he said, your gift is God-given at birth. The problem with most people is that we try to pursue our passions and not God's given gift to us. And so, you know, it really, really struck me because when I thought back over a year ago, I was pursuing a lot of my passions and my interests and not necessarily the, the gifts that God gave me to pursue. And those, those passions were never really fulfilling for me. And now that my my perspective has changed to to God's perspective, or I try to do that or emphasize that in my life daily, you know, my life has gotten a lot better from that. And it's just what would you what would you say were some of those passions? Just to give us an idea of like what what you would say that those passions were. I would it, this this would be you can go different ways with this, but work was a big one, and I, and I and it was a negative. aspect of work now i don't know there's probably not a lot of people that know this but like before you were a cop you um or before you worked for wilmington police department you worked as a corrections i I did a little bit of all all the criminal justice i was a probation officer probation and and i also did um correct i was a corrections officer in prison yeah so and then you were you sold cars before that yes so at every level was it did work like, was it that kind of a distraction at every level, or was it more when you got into what you're doing now? I would say more so now with the policing than with any other job. Yeah, because that job is so demanding. Yeah. And so, it, it not that the other jobs wasn't demanding, but they wasn't demanding in a, at a level that I experienced as a cop. And so, I, I would just emphasize all my passion into that because I was getting... I was getting what I thought were were gifts, if we call it that, from my job because I felt, well, I'll give you an example. I worked really hard, made it a goal to be one of the officers who got the most arrests and who did, you know, the most citations and, and you know, that was kind of oh, emphasized at all. Those are the cops that I had. Yeah, right but they, that was... That, <laughs> that, that, I always get you. <laughs> that, 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 to me, was portrayed at our department as, well, if you did that, you were one of the better cops, right? And so that was the goal for me. And I, from that, I was rewarded with this officer, officer of the year. And I got that like twice. And then I got this award called crime fighter of the year. And, you know, you would think when you get awards and, and accolades like that, like that signifies something good, but I felt empty. Like I was just like, okay, what's going on? Like, why is this not fulfilling in my life? And again, like I said 
earlier was, you know, I got around people that really just kind of changed my perspective and made me realize that like, I wasn't using my gifts the way that God intended, like going out and arresting people wasn't what God wanted me to do. Like, that's not what my purpose on life was here. Like if I was going to be plugged from last week or week before, whatever it was, a spiritual leader in my home, like my wife requested, if I was going to be a servant of God, like maybe the arrest had purpose, but I needed to, I needed to spend more time and and use utilizing the gifts that God gave me in those moments. And so that's what I emphasized on um was and I've brought this up in previous podcasts. Like I, I there was a moment where I talked to a person who I just arrested and you know we talked about God and we talked about a lot of different things in that car ride. And I've done that numerous times and it's nothing to glorify myself, but it's it's everything to glorify God in those in those times. And that's and that to me is more fulfilling than a number or a stat that we get as cops. I, I know a lot of people think we have quotas or stats we have to get. We we at oh, the I know you do because I <laughs> I've been pulled over once and I knew it was a quota. <laughs> Quota pullover. I knew it. Yeah, at Wilmington, I can I can tell you at Wilmington we don't have those. <laughs> our, our our chief likes us to be proactive, but proactivity also means uh, positive uh, impacts in the community, getting out and playing sports with the kids in the parks <laughs> and stuff like that. But uh, dunk. Have you ever dunked on a kid? No, because I can't dunk in a thirty ah. pound gear. I can't even dunk without the gear on it anymore. So that would be sweet though. That yeah. would be cool. Yeah, yeah, it'd be really cool. Well, I mean, if Especially, we got a, like, what if you dunked while you had the riot gear on? Oh gosh, oh, that's man. like fifty five pounds. So I don't know if I could do that, but that would be pretty but impressive. You'd get officer of the year just for that. Yeah, I think yeah, so. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, while being shot with bean bags. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, this took a turn. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> now, so how you know, and I'll come back to this, but yeah. but how did you get to a place where you identified what those true gifts were? Okay, that that's one question. We can come back to that, but but even what would what's the difference between how you felt when you when you accomplished those goals that you set Mm -hmm. that were your passions versus when you are actually doing what you know god has called you to and using your gifting in the right way like what's the what's the difference how would i know like what does it feel like how would you explain that i would explain it like this like when i got that award and um I had people congratulate me and, and things of that effect. I felt an individual satisfaction, but I didn't feel an internal satisfaction. If that that makes sense, like when I do the things behind the scenes that people don't know, I feel like this eternal satisfaction. Like like um, like I just did something that 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 pleases God. Like it's you know, it it I don't know how to explain it. It just feels you feel like a whole, you feel whole in, in and of yourself. Like you feel like you have purpose whenever you do those, those things that God gifted, gifted you to do. Whereas I might've felt temporarily happy to get this award, but I didn't really feel whole. I just felt empty. Like I was just like, okay, mm. this is it. This is you know, this is, I worked this hard for this plaque. And at the end of the day, I still feel empty. I'm sure you didn't go home and say, I feel empty about this. No, no. So do you feel like you had to put on like a, a face yeah. to pretend like what you were doing was the right thing? Oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. I mean, that's 100%. Yeah, that's – and then I would train officers, 
and and this is before last year i would train new newly hired officers and i would emphasize that with them i would say hey man like get out there and go go arrest people like go the words we would use be like go tear it up like the the chief wants us to do this go do it you know and why are you know i've got 12 arrests this week you only got one where you at you know and maybe this person is in a better position than I, I was in. Maybe they're actually being more impactful with the community. And, and I wasn't really doing anything positive in the community. I was just taking people, put them in jail, writing them a citation, making them pay two, three, four, five hundred $500 on a fine. Um, and I wasn't spending time in the community and, and, and living out those gifts that, that I was given. Hmm. And so that's, that's changed. Um, in, in my job, of course my positions change, but I still have opportunities with, uh, people that I talk with in the community and that's, it's, it's changed dramatically for me. And it's, you know, I'm not, I, you don't see a million case files coming through with my name on them. Um, like, like, like they used to, like I used to do, but I think just the quality of life, the people that I, that I come in contact with has, has, has been a better experience because I, I emphasize being a godly person to the people that I speak with. And I don't have to sit there and be like, well, in this book, it says this. And in this chapter, it says that. No, I just, I just, you know, I'm a good person with them. Listen. um, And I'm not out there just to, to get stats. (laughs) So, yeah, it's good to know. Yeah. I'm heading to Wilmington. Yeah. So. They won't get you there. Yeah. Well, I'm not working the road, so I can't promise you. <laughs> All right. You're still screwed. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Nate? Like, you know, when when you think about this, you know, well, maybe give a little bit of backstory. This is like, how have you been involved in church in the past? You know, did you feel like you were fulfilling, like you were going after that thing that God had called you to? And then if not, or even if so, how did you move into this phase of your life where maybe you're embracing that a little more, like, holy? Uh, short answer, no. Um, I Growing up, so, like, in, in church in Greenfield where I used to go, growing up as a teenager, um, for the most part, I mean, we'd be involved in church, but that was only because at the behest of someone else telling us, hey, you have to go up there and sing or something like that. Um, so yeah, you know, largely, largely for the most part growing up, um, I can't honestly sit here and say that, uh, those, those times that I did serve were because of my doing or because of, uh, me hearing God tell me, this is what you need to do as a follower of me. That was just me listening to my mom telling me, hey, Nate, you need to get up off your butt and go do some good stuff for the church. Right? But we all need our mamas coming in and doing that every once in a while. And thank God mama did that because I, I learned, I did learn a lot from mama bear. So, um, you know, that long, long answer and short answer. No, growing up, I, I felt like, um, and, and this did is, you I guess, still, even when you served in those capacities in the church, like, did you still feel a fulfillment in that? Yes and no, but it was an empty fulfillment. Really? Yeah. If that makes any sense whatsoever. Yeah, no. I, like, you feel all good You feel like yourself. you did something good, yeah. but you don't feel like maybe it was... Right. It, it wasn't because, oh, 
Um, this is what I should be doing as a Christian. It's just, oh, this is what I should be doing. This is so my mama, obligation. This is so mama bear doesn't spank right. me or slap me across the face <laughs> right. or something, right? So, you know, it, it was one of those things growing up. It, it almost just looked like a, it was like a farce almost. Just, you were putting on a show. Yeah. It was a facade. Yeah. And I know we, we've talked about that. That, that. that was always my big fear with, we talked about baptism, you know, like I don't want to revert back to that feeling again of it just being a show, right? That you're, when you, when you mentioned baptism, the conversation was your fear was by doing that, am I doing it just because right. you, I, I want people to look at me and say, hey, look, he's baptized now, or am I doing it because I truly love God and it's about a relationship with him? Right. That, that was what that conversation was that we yeah. had. Yeah. yeah, and I think that largely has, I mean, it ties into the concept of, you know, gifting the church with something. But, you know, are you doing that with the right heart going forward? Mm-hmm. I think it's just, it was always my biggest thing that I just looked back on and said, eh, I don't think I did. So what about like, so in in college, your latter years of college, you really started to embrace your Christian faith, right? You got yeah. a lot more serious with it. Yes, much more so than my first Was it different years, yeah. during that period, like in, what, in how you served and what you did? Yeah, I, I felt... I felt happy going to do those things. Um, and what kind, what give specifics of like what types of things? Sure. So I, I used to work at the Timothy house in Athens, which was the, I don't want to call it a halfway house, but in a lot of ways, a lot of the residents that would come in were drug addicted. And, you know, back in my earlier years, if I were to do that, it would have been just for a show, you know? Um, and then, like I said, I know I've told you this story multiple times, but it was just being around those guys um, that, and they really kind of helped me grow in my faith. And and through growing in my faith and getting into the Word, I just felt that sense of happiness finally doing things like that. So, what types of things would you do at the house? So, I was the night shift guy. Um, <laughs> so, basically, what what we would do is uh, I would check in usually around seven o'clock that night. Um, there'd be usually between 20 to 25 residents in the house, uh, sometimes whole families, sometimes single men. So it was a, it was a strange dynamic, a strange amalgamation of all kinds of different people. Um, and sometimes that led to different conflicts amongst the residents that you'd have to be woken up at 1 a.m. for, and you'd have to go try to solve it. And then you have an exam the next day. So we won't get into that part, but it, it was... Give us a for instance... Uh, well, craziest story, craziest story of, of, of working um, night shift. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> There's a few. Put him on the spot, oh, Cody, oh, right? Working the night shift, baby. Night shift, baby. Um, probably the one, I, I don't know if it was the craziest, but I think it was the one that I think got to me the most and made me just look at the way that I handle situations and how compassionate I am or am not in some situations. So there was a guy that came in and he was a really intelligent guy. I mean, I I did his, his, we did intake interviews. So you had to, you had to talk to the person before you just took them in. You had to get permission from uh, Keith Wasserman, who was uh, the head of good works in Athens um, before, before they come in and, and officially be a resident. And, Really nice guy, really intelligent guy, um, but he would straight up tell you he 
he was addicted to drugs. And we gave him the benefit of the doubt, um, you know, and he came in and for a few nights and he did just fantastic. Um, there was one night though, he came back. I mean, just, I don't know how, what, what else to say about it. he was higher than a kite, right? Mm-hmm. Pills. Um, so, you know, he, he was staying adjacent in a, a room adjacent from a family with three small children and he's coming in, he's belligerent, knocking on all the doors, yelling at people. Um, you know, it's one o'clock, <laughs> you know, they, they, he snuck out earlier. There's supposed to be, there's supposed to be a 10 PM curfew, he snuck out, um, came back in, which was, I mean, that was just a common place for everybody. Um, and it, it was the hardest thing I think I've ever had to do was after this guy came down from his high, I had to tell him, dude, you, you have to leave. Like we can't have this. Um, and it, it was just the hardest thing looking into his face and knowing that I was going to throw him back out on the street at 1 a.m. Um, for that. So that, I think that made me, that really challenged me, I think, a little bit um, to just kind of think about, you know, just compassion and how we, how we approach things. Like obviously in that situation, it's, it's hard because there's families in there and this guy's belligerently high, Right. But at the same time, you feel for him. Yeah. And it was tough, man. Yeah. It was really tough. So, <clears throat> same question to you, kind of what I talked about yeah. with Cody. Like, how would you describe the difference between when you were serving the church out of an obligation versus serving the church in your true gifting that God had, had given you and in those roles that he had he had opened doors for you to serve? What what? How would you explain that to somebody that would have that has never experienced that one way or the other? Yeah. So you just heard my worst story about the, the Timothy house, but there were countless nights where you know before residents went to bed, you'd stay up, you'd play board games with them, you might watch a ball game with them before they go to bed, um, before you go to bed, and it was those moments. You know, you might might play cards with them too. It was those moments of just connection with people who were just down on their luck, man, down mm-hmm. in the dumps. It was those moments of connection with them where I was really like, okay, no one's telling me to do this right now. I'm here alone by myself with, you know, drug addicts, with families who have nowhere else to go. You know, I think out of any person in this home right now, I have to be the one that shows compassion, kindness, love, strength, um, and, and that, that brought a sense of fulfillment that I never really experienced in my life up till that point. So, you know, it's very humanitarian what you're describing and what separates that just being mm-hmm. a humanitarian act from something different that you're talking about in the experience that, that, that you had and the feeling that you had, what do you think that, what's the difference? Well, the cool thing is, is that, you know, a lot of nights, um, there was a guy, I can say his first name, his name was Dave, before we'd go to bed, we, him and two other guys, I, I look back and I forget their names, um, but we'd pray together before we go to bed. Um, and again, it was just that sense of, okay, not only are we in, down this humanitarian road of just feeling good about helping others, but there was that sense that I was... Like my faith was just, it it wasn't, it was still bumpy at that point, right? Like obviously bumps in the road, but there was that sense that, okay, 
these guys are helping me with my faith and I'm helping them, um, obviously through the hardest time in their life, encounter some semblance of faith in God, right? Um, so I think that's what made it a lot different from just simply being, oh, we're here to help you to, oh, we're here to help you get to know this guy named Jesus a little mm-hmm. bit more. Yeah. And ultimately, I mean, the the consequences of what you guys are talking about versus the consequences of just being a good person are eternity. You know, when when you're when you're serving out of a love and devotion and like we talked about in relationship with God, when you're serving from that capacity, it's it has eternal consequences. Not just for you, because you know, who cares if it's just for you, but even for those individuals that you're serving and loving, you know, I mean, you're trying to give them the opportunity that you had to understand um, God in that capacity. Coming to then like more where you are now, you know, and for you, Nate, like you're serving with on the, you know, doing the website stuff, you're doing the podcast stuff, you know, you're, you're doing um, our live stream I mean, you went from like zero to 60, dude, like in no time. And then Cody, like for you, like this was a big step because, mm-hmm. you know, I had pretty much said, hey, listen, I got this thing. This is what I want to do. What do you think about it? And then within a month, we were doing a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I said, yeah, it's a great idea. And then you're like, yeah, you're going to co-host with me. <laughs> yeah. Cody, you should have seen it. So like the first night we're talking about this, we're sitting around the table and I'm like, I got this idea. And so... Him, me, Paige, Jared, Michelle. Michelle. Yeah. And, and they're all going. And Emma, Jared, yes. Jared probably like peer pressured you big time during this, right? <laughs> well, it went, it went from, I said, I have this idea. And then, so they're trying to come up with all these ideas of who should be leading this. Mm-hmm. And Cody's just kind of sitting back. And I said, well, I already have an idea who I want to lead it. And they're like, oh, like who? And I said, Cody. <laughs> he's like surprise say what yeah. Paige was so jealous she's like why not me <laughs> but you know and again it came down to kind of one of the things that you mentioned just how you think through things and and how you speak about those things as you think through them and process them mm. and that's important for this you know what I'm saying uh, you know when you're when you're trying to work through issues you want to give perspectives that are different from your own. And I feel like we have a good mix of that with the group that we have that, you know, that's doing this and it's why we talk about even getting guests on and we're not going to meet this week, next week, but the week after that, we're going to have, we're hoping to have John Burgess, mm-hmm. uh, who's, uh, you know, been coming to Leesburg church of Christ for, for, you know, over a year now, maybe a couple years. I think a couple years. Cause yes. he came a little bit before, before you guys, before we did. Yeah. Okay. For a couple years, but he works, as an engineer and really like the third highest position in his company, I think he's at the, this point. He's one of the safety guys. Yeah. Yeah. He's like those safety there. guys. Yeah. They pretty important job, but a guy who loves God yeah. and a guy who's integrated his relationship with God in his workplace. And so I'm excited. Cody, what was the idea for the name of the show? Engineering God or, Engineering God, engineered by God, engineered by God. Ooh, that something. Would be a, yeah, we had a good title. It was, a good, it was a good. Anyway, yeah. But you know, talking to him about that, but just you know, as you think about 
you know, this, those things, like what would you say, um, kind of bringing you to this place makes this different? What was the feelings in, in the sense of this? I think a lot of people come into it, they're overwhelmed. They're maybe feel like they don't deserve to serve in certain capacities in the church that I don't know as much as that guy. I'm not as smart as that guy is. I'm not as far along as that guy is, whatever it is, you know, there's a lot of things that we say that will hold us back. And then ultimately like kind of what breaks the dam that that you kind of go for. And then how would you encourage others to do the same? I mean that, I mean, that's a lot there, but I think, I think we have to go that Avenue because I feel like when you talk about this issue, one of the biggest obstacles is, you know, you're hearing a success story, Nate. You're hearing a success success story, Cody, of your guys' life and where you've come to. But how do you how do you get to a place where you're having success in this? Yeah. Well, I think to give a metaphor, I think if we look at it like this, and I brought this up earlier, and I don't know if this has happened. Um, in America, I'm sure it has, but can you imagine like getting a gift and somebody giving you this gift out of love? And then you look at them and you tell them like, ah, I don't want that. Like, that's not what I, that's not my interest. Like I'm thinking of like my great grandma when I was a kid and she used to get me socks for Christmas. You know what yeah. I mean? And I'm just like, Oh, thanks grandma. And I, you know, <laughs> or what about this one? Like, this is the one like, cause I, that like, hits me hard. The one that I love seeing my kids get excited about buying gifts for Emma. Yeah. And I, I went to her right before they gave her the gifts. I said, listen, I don't care if you like this or not, please act like it is the greatest (laughs) thing in the world. Because if you saw how excited they were about buying you this wreath, you know, and it's not even a nice wreath or, you know, this other thing, like if you saw them, you will crush them if you do not act. <laughs> yeah. It's that, you know, that, and that one, yeah. to me, that hits me hard, you yeah. know? But like, you know, you, you think of that and I'm guilty. I've been guilty of this, but like, and we turn this in, in the, in the topic that we're talking about. I mean, that's essentially what we're doing with God when we're stuck in this stagnant water of not utilizing the gift that he gave us. Right. Like he's given us this gift and we're just saying, eh, I, that doesn't really, pique my interest. That's not where my passion is right now, God. Thanks, but no thanks, right? So if we don't do that with our loved ones, then why are we doing it with the one who loves us the most? You know, that's 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 a challenge that, you know, for those who listen, like that's what you really got to think about. But I I think one of the things that we have to understand is we, as a body of Christ, like we're, we all hold an integral part in this church, this big, huge church that we're, you know, trying to live down here on earth. I mean, and so one of my struggles was early on was what Kevin kind of mentioned. It was, I didn't have the knowledge. I didn't have the experience. I didn't have this, but I was, I was classifying myself to a standard of another person that has a gift that I didn't, I wasn't given. Mm, Yeah. Right. Like I was looking at people in our church and thinking like, man, like that's the spiritual leader that Paige wants, but that wasn't what she wanted. That's not what God intended for me to be. And so once I realized what my gifts were, 
And I also understood... What, what? How did you understand what those gifts were? Well, again, like I, I mentioned it earlier, but I think it was just being around a bunch of Christian people. And, and, and honestly, it was just conversation. I mean, I, a lot of times I don't think we realize what gifts we have until others see them. The ones that have share the same perspectives as you, that you trust, um, their opinion. Uh, you Prayer would be one of the things, you know, where you ask God to really help you and show you. But, you know, just having others around you that, that know you on an intimate level, um, I think that is very important and vital in recognizing what gifts you hold. So we were playing around last week, and I told you about the Enneagram, which is a yeah. personality sure. assessment. A really good one. Yeah. Like, I used it, and uh, I was just blown away. Because I, I like a lot of the... I've, I've taken a lot of different ones, but, like, I felt like this one was, like, I don't know. It was a little more in-depth. It was a little more personal it was a little right. more i don't know it just felt more real to me than some of the others is at least how it approached it and mm-hmm. and maybe that's just my preference but I, I just that was my feeling do you think an assessment like that would help identify maybe the areas that you would fit yes but i think you need to be careful with that because i think sometimes you're going to answer some of those questions inaccurately right because you may want something you may want to be somebody perceived in a way that you aren't right but i mean it was pretty accurate for me i didn't buy the the thing but i did i did the free one Mm -hmm. and it just gave me a summary of of who i am and it it said what you guys said were some of my strengths with which was a deep thinker a person of reason that i i'm good in and turmoil um you know that i'm calm so it it, what were the negatives i mean i I didn't, I, it didn't give me any because I didn't remember. It was like, it was only like a paragraph or two. Too much muscle. And yeah, right. <laughs> I've lost it all. <laughs> no. But no, like, honestly, like it's, you know, that, but that, yeah, you're right. That's, that's something that could be important in that, that, that aspect. It might be able to help. Sure. At least. But I think that, you know, once you understand what, where you're gifted, just, just knowing that though your gift may not be, a mirror of somebody else that you perceive as a good, strong, faithful person, that gift is noted in God. And I, and, and, and I, I think of it like this, whenever I would train new hires as a cop, one of the good things that I would tell them was, is, you know, when everybody would become a cop, they all want to do a certain thing. Like I want to do this. I want to do that. Now this and that could be finding drugs. I want, I want to be the best drug cop. I want to be the best OVI cop. I want to be the best cop that handles sex cases. Is there a guy who says, I want to be the best OVI guy? Me, I was. Oh! Yeah. I, I loved, Talking to him. I, I, loved, I loved getting OVIs. It was a sense of purpose, and it was a sense of uh, serving the community and potentially um, saving somebody's life that that driver could have killed somebody. Well, you when know? you say it like that, it sounds way yeah. better. Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah. makes yeah. me feel pretty bad for asking the question. Yeah, you should. <laughs> But I always, t- I always told him, I'm like, hey, listen, become a cop, and becoming a cop takes about one to three, or about three years, and once you get to that point, you'll find your niche, and understand that what you may want may not be what where you're where you're gifted at in this job, but utilize the gift that you have, and make that um, make that govern the whole body at our department. So like, we want somebody who's good at finding drugs, but we also need somebody who is good at handling in-depth cases we also need somebody who's good with the the children cases you know and so we would try to like accumulate this department a well-versed department that everybody has a gift 
and it, they all contribute to the, the main goal of, of what our department's trying to do. And then it's, it's displayed to the community, you know, that we're well-versed and we can handle all, you know, avenues that come at us. And that, and that, that really is no different in, in the church. I mean, find the gift that you have, seek it through, through people that you trust in prayer. Um, and, and once you recognize it, emphasize it, and then just make, be an add, add on or an extra ingredient. And when we're making this cake, plug in for Chad for one of the things yeah. he said, um, make that cake and, um, Man, it's it's something beautiful, and that's what that's what God intended. I mean, that's what the um, Ephesians, 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 Kevin's favorite book for about twenty. Weeks. We didn't get to Ephesians four though, uh, but that's what Ephesians four it kind of talks about. So, well, let's read it since we're here. Yeah, uh, Nate, can you read Ephesians four eleven? Yeah, let me pull it up real quick. Go bookmarks. eleven through. I think it's sixteen. Sixteen. Yeah. Yeah. Ephesians 4, 11 through 16. All right. Ephesians 4, 11 through 16. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. You know, one of the things that I think has become extremely hard in with this subject is trying to figure out in the scheme of a local body, like where you fit in. Mm-hmm. And I know, I mean, you attended here for a lot of years before you really got engaged. Yeah. Nate, I mean, you were coming for a while and actually didn't take you as long to get kind of plugged in. <laughs> I was manipulated. <laughs> <laughs> the manipulator. <laughs> Um, the, uh, but that can, I think that can be frustrating Mm -hmm. Yeah, for someone, you know, when, you know, because I, I don't, I don't feel like at LCC is an incredible church assimilation. You know, you, you've got a few avenues that you can serve here Mm -hmm. you can serve communion when we were doing that before COVID, right? Right. You can... You know, set up for events that we have. You can work in the children's ministry. You could be on the worship team. Or, I mean, that's really the end of the line. I mean, that's it. Or you could teach. You could be a teacher. You could teach something. Mm-hmm. That could be frustrating because not everybody's going to fit in those in those systems, in that system, in that. And so then it becomes, okay, what do I do if I don't fit in that? And I think... What we see here is a list of a bunch of different things that can edify and build up the body. And I I really believe it can't be just those top people at the at the in the church, your elders and your staff and you know and you know, those key volunteers, they can't be 
the only ones responsible for you finding that in the church. And you can't always wait for somebody to, to, to call you into something, you know, because there aren't a lot of people that have the gift of being able to identify what other people's gifts are and then call them into that, you right. know. Uh, th- that's not one of those common things, you know, that you see in a lot of people. And so maybe you have a few people that can do that and say, yes, you here. Yes, you here. Um, and the timing of that becomes a real thing. But in our culture, like that, we're waiting, we sit back and we wait, mm-hmm. but I don't think we have, like you say, I don't think we have the time to sit back and wait. I feel like, you know, it, we are living a facade. We're living a fake life if we're not embracing the gifting that God has. And I don't think it has for you to do what God has called you to do. You don't have to be sanctioned by some church, the Leesburg Church of Christ or any other, to go after that and pursue that. I, I think it's just pursuing that, and 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 as you pursue that, like then God is going to like reinforce that. But it's, but it is a willingness to go after that and do that. Mm-hmm. I, I take this for example, like this, you know, I'd been thinking for a long time before we started this podcast, this is something that I really felt like would be a good thing. You know, that it'd be something needed that could be a blessing, you know, to people no matter who or what, you know, and I think about like the first show, if we went back and listened to it, mm-hmm. we probably would cringe a little bit about how bad it was versus, you know, maybe where it's come to today. And the more we do this, the better we're going to be at this. True. But I think that's part of it too, is, is like saying yes to God and what he's calling you to, and then going after it, and then allowing him to kind of work the details of that. Not that we don't prepare, not that we don't plan, not that we don't do it as well as we can, but at the same time, it we have to allow him to kind of move in and and do that and and as he opens those doors walk through them but i think if we're sitting back waiting for somebody in the church to call us into something you know i think i think we're going to be sorely disappointed right i had a couple ladies come into the church the other day and say we're sick of sitting back we want to be involved and i you know when i have people come to me i'm going to find something for you i may not be able to find it right away but i'm going to find something for you and you're going to be on my radar it, you know and that's why i would just challenge anybody you know in our church you know wherever your gifting is whatever it is you know be be willing to kind of put yourself out there to do it because the reality is this in most churches 20% of the people do 80% of the work and it's not because you, you maybe don't always have people willing to do it but it's because we can't guess who's willing, who's committed, you know, who's going to embrace this job. And there's jobs that I look at from my perspective and I say, I would never want to ask somebody to do that. But there may be somebody who really loves that job. The website's one of them. I have no desire, but that is something you that God has given you gifting in. He's given you a passion for, you know, in, in, in your job. And that's why you do that, Nate, at at your work in Greenfield and, and all those things and, and why, you know, you, even with those uh, 3d printers that you guys were able to make the masks and, or the shields and, and some of the things that you were to help during the beginning of the COVID stuff, like God gifted you in that and you love it and you embrace it and you have a you know desire to serve him in that capacity. But for me to assign somebody that task, I feel bad because I, I have no desire to do that. And I'm like, I'm giving somebody the crap job. And they're saying, no, oh, it's the best job I could. So I think that's that's the challenge of all this is <clears throat> saying, hey, listen, like I'm available and I want to and I have a passion for and I want to go after, 
you know, being willing to do that and, and put your neck out there because we are a body and we all have different things that God's called us to and gifting that he's given us is different. And that's how we become the whole and he knits that whole thing all together. I mean, that's what this verse is all about. And they, you get into it a little bit, just kind of you get into where you are and, and what that looked like now versus, you know, years ago. Yeah, so I, I remember the first time Brandy and I came here. Um, and, I mean, you said it yourself. It, it can be intimidating. Yeah, it was very intimidating. You know, you, you come in here and um, and what really drew us but was also very intimidating about this church. But what, what drew us to this church was that it just seemed like you guys were connected with each other and with God. And it was that simple. Um, you loved each other. You were a family more than just, uh, you know, people that came to church on a Sunday and okay, bye. See you next week. And that's what really drew us. But also at the same time, it made us pee down our legs a little bit that first time. Right. Like we were scared. Yeah. Um, so, you know, when we started coming here, we were both a little nervous about like, where do we fit in here? I'm just a computer nerd and, and Brandy does spreadsheets all day. <laughs> so it, it was intimidating and, you know, see like, like, man, just the, the amount of faith and the amount of joy like coming from some of the people from this church, I was like, why, my gosh, do we, do we deserve to be here? Like, mm-hmm. are we, are we good enough to be around these people on Sunday? Um, like, like the Hagans, like, like Pat Hagan and, um, like it was just, it, it's amazing to like just come in and, and the first time we were here, just see that pop out. So I, I think just, you know, after settling down and, and really just getting to know everyone here, um, and really just challenging like, like myself and Brandy and just our family in general, just to try to get that relationship with God closer and better. Uh, since we started coming here, I, I think that that was just, it looked at like, a, like a challenge. Like I, I love a good challenge. I'm always trying to challenge myself. So I think that's what, um, that's, that's what really drew us here. And then I felt that challenge by God. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, hey, you're here now. Cool. What next? Did you feel that way? I mean, at what point, how long had you been coming before you say that popped up and you were like, all right, God, like you're pushing me to something more? I I can't pinpoint like a date or anything. How um, long did you put God off after he said it? A little while. <laughs> yeah, a little while. Um, I, I, I can't really pinpoint a date there or, or just or even a roundabout period. Um. I would say, I mean, a lot of it was I started to be challenged again by God once a lot of the COVID stuff came up and you asked me to help here. And I was like, oh, yeah, I, I probably should have done that, offered help a long time ago, hmm. right? Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I Like I said, I can't pinpoint that that time, but I can tell you one thing. We were, <laughs> we were pretty intimidated the first few times we came here, mm-hmm. but, um, yeah. And I think that's the hard part. It's, you know, once that hits, once I understand what that thing is, you know, there's a few things, the dynamics, you know, if somebody came to me and said, before I did this podcast, hey, I have this idea for a podcast, I'm going to do this podcast, you know, will the church sponsor? I would be like, 
uh, I don't know that that's, you know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's yeah. not that easy. It's not that simple. Right. You know, there, I think God's timing is good. I think God's, you know, brings the right people at the right time. I've seen that so many times, you know, in, in, in my service here, but I do think there's a lot of things that God in your own personal life, you can begin to serve in that capacity. And as you, as you do that, you're going to develop skills and abilities that you didn't have that God's going to be able to use you in a bigger way. I'm not just going to let anybody just jump up on stage and that's, and it's not because I don't want just anybody jumping up on stage, but there really is, you know, a, it is a craft. It is a gifting. It is, it is a calling. It is, there's a lot of things that goes in that go into that, that it's not as simple as, well, God's telling me to do this. Well, tomorrow God may be telling you, you know, to go do this other thing. There has to be a commitment and a willingness to serve and go after that thing and be the type of person that, that can be trusted as well. And that's just natural to talk about. And it's not that you may not be that person, but it is, hey, listen, just as you said several podcasts ago, don't just write it on Facebook. Like, let's see action behind the words that, that are coming out of your mouth right now. Like, let's see a commitment to, if you're going to serve, maybe you serve in an area you don't like for a while, but but maybe in seeing you serve in that area over you know, uh, this amount of time, we see a person who's committed, who's going to work hard at everything they do. I can put a person like that anywhere, you know, in, in, in a service position in the church, but somebody that's going to show up this week and then next week call and say, "Ah, I don't, you know, I can't make it. And then that happens like four or five. Well, that, that's a lot harder to put in that position. And so like, there is some natural things that come to us using our gifting in a good way. Why are you smiling? You were looking at me when you said that. Because <laughs> I can't be here next week. So. Oh, oh, why aren't we having our show next week? Because Nate can't be here. Nate, yeah. <laughs> and Nelson. And Nelson, yeah. Yeah, those guys. This, this week was all about them, wasn't it, Cody? Uh, yeah, all about them. <laughs> good discussion. I, you know, I, I thought this would go well, but I'm pleasantly surprised i feel like it's something we could we really just brush the surface of too i feel like there's so much more that we could talk about with the subject so we're definitely gonna have to revisit this at some point yeah um but i appreciate the conversation anything to add before we end uh reminder no podcast next week yeah we are gonna take next because of me because of i'll put that on me put it on me lack of commitment yeah jeez. <laughs> now you got tournament Cross country tournament, cross country leagues, leagues. Yeah, which means what? Everybody uh, runs. Everybody in the league runs against each other, and the fastest one wins. So Leesburg's going to win. Then we're not in their league. Yeah. Thank good God. thing. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> Are they still really good? They got. Yeah. They got one boy. Yeah. What, who is it? Cohen. Cohen. Cohen's. Cohen Frost. What's it? Cohen Frost? Oh, yeah. okay. Very good. Is he? Yeah. yeah. He's. Yeah, he's real fast. Yeah. Mm. Then both the Haynes boys. Yeah, both Haynes boys are ve- actually very, very good too. Uh, and then I can't remember who the other. I'm, I'm gonna get in trouble saying this on the podcast live that I can't remember the rest of the team. But mm. well, good luck, man. Thanks. Unless you're playing Hillsboro. Uh, you guys are in the same league, aren't you? We are. Yeah, yeah we are. I don't follow Hillsboro sports anymore. Well. A lot of people just say, eh, it's just cross country. So <laughs> I get I get that a lot. <laughs> What's cross country? Yeah, what is that? <laughs> All right. Cool. 
Yes, no podcast next week, but we'll be back two weeks from now. And uh, again, we'll have a special guest, John Burgess. So uh, tune in then. Thanks for joining us. Uh, This has been Pursuit of Purpose, and uh, we'll see you later.